Welcome to the Heights Sermon Series Podcast, where each week you'll hear a new message that'll help you with your life shaped by the Word. Hey, good morning, Heights family. Good to be with you today, albeit a little bit different than we, I think, all would desire. Between COVID and snow, uh, we just rolled over and said, okay, <laughs> let's let's do this a little bit easier way. And uh, I actually, I'm there with you Sunday morning in Chesterfield, Virginia, but uh, I'm recording this in Palm Harbor, Florida. Karen and I took a few days to come down and be with her mom as she is celebrating a very special birthday. And so we wanted to come honor her and spend some time with her. And we had a, a great week with her. But coming back late Saturday night, not knowing wh- where this was going to be going with the weather and everything, we thought we better go ahead and pre-record my message and make sure we have that. So I, if there's good news here, however we gather, I'm giving you the exact same message that I had planned uh, for however we would be getting together this Sunday morning. I hope you're excited to be looking at what to pray. And today, specifically, what to pray for family. We're not looking so much at how to pray or why to pray, but we're just going straight to what. This is not a message for married people with children. Hey, when we talk about praying for family, family can be my parents and siblings. Family can be just my kids. Family can be just my mate. Family can be my mate and kids. Family can be my grandkids. Listen, we're all connected to a family, and these are prayers you're going to want to use with family. And so we're looking at what would God pray. Now, as we taught last week, God doesn't pray because he has no needs, and he has no one that he can look to, nobody that he depends on. He is entirely self-sufficient in that way. We're using that phrase, what would God pray, as a way of thinking as a way of thinking, if God was praying here in this moment, what would be on his heart and mind? And uh, actually, I took that idea from the scripture, and uh, I've got two verses that we communicated last week in Old Testament and New Testament, and these two are joined by many others. But let me remind you of those. Psalm 37, verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight in what God delights. Want what God wants. First John five fourteen, And this is the confidence we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So be delighted in what God delights. Want his will in what you're praying and you get answered prayers. <laughs> and as we said last week, you know, that might sound like God is saying, hey, I'll give you whatever you want as long as it's what I want. Oh, now wait a minute, Lord, is that a, is that a good deal? Well, last week we looked at why we would want what God wants. That is a hundred percent what is best for you and for your home. So today we're going to look at what would God pray as it relates to our family. Let me go ahead and give away the secret to this entire series. We're going to pray the scriptures. That's it. We're going to pray the scriptures. We don't have to hunt and peck. We're not in a maze trying to work it out. We're not trying to break a code to figure out what God delights in. 
what his will is. Folks, God has told us what he delights in. God has told us what he, what his will is, is in his word. And so we're going to use his word. So what does that mean we're doing? It means I'm going to go to passages. I'm going to go to scriptures on the family and pray those, or I'm just going to come across different passages that I think, oh, my son needs that right now. Oh, my dad needs that right now. You know, we're, we're going we're gonna to pick passages for a particular family member or our family as a whole and pray those things. Now, we'll get to that in just a moment. But I think what you're going to find in this is how much it broadens what you're praying for. We pray so very little for our family. And I'm not talking about the amount of time you pray or how many days you pray. You may you may pray every single day and you may pray a good amount of time, but we limit what we're praying for. You know, Lord, help them to have a good meeting. Help them do well on the math test. Lord, help them to win the big game. Lord, I pray the recital goes well. And we absolutely should be praying for those things. But folks, God can answer those prayers just as we offer them. Get an A, win the game. The recital's wonderful. The meeting goes great. And you know what? They can still be far from God. They can be far from his will. They can be far from experiencing his blessings and all that he had in that. You, you, you see, folks, we're, there's a lot of important things that we're not praying for. Hey, even if they love the Lord and are walking with the Lord, those prayers could be answered and they're still not in a place of spiritual, physical, emotional health and well-being. So we really want to broaden what we're praying about to cover that so that when they not only get an A on their math test, but boy, they're in the center of God's will and they're living well for him. So that's what we're going to be focusing on. So there's two ways then to pray for my family. One is to go to the verses on family. And you say, well, where are those? Well, just Google them. Google Bible verses on family, Bible verses on parenting, Bible verses on marriage, Bible verses on communication, Bible verses on sex, Bible verses on money, the, the pieces of a marriage. Google those things and it will take you to a host of verses. Now, what I want to show you is I'm going to go ahead and go to one particular passage right now and show you how this might work. It's Ephesians 5, 21 to chapter 6, verse 4. You may want to go ahead and turn there uh, in your Bible now, this is probably the longest passage, the most full treatment of the family in one place. So let's go ahead and turn there. Let's read it. The goal today is not to preach or teach this passage as much as it is to understand how we would pray this passage. So Ephesians 5.21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Okay, <laughs> I said I'm not going to preach or teach, but, but submission is such a big issue, such a big deal. I always want to stop on this. Ephesians 5.21 is calling all of the body of Christ, all of our spiritual family, to submit to one another. That, that's not just a job for a woman or a wife. It's the job of everybody. It's actually evidence on whether or not you're filled with the Spirit, Ephesians 5.18. If you are not yielding to the body of Christ, submitting to the needs of others, that's a sign you're not filled with the Spirit. Now, what happens as we move into verse 22 is God is going to say, here's where you go home and practice being submissive every day, 24-7, with every member in the home. We all practice and work at submission, 
each command God gives is about how that family member submits. Again, not just the wife, we're all submitting. So the, there, here's a command, everybody submit. That's the character quality of being a Christ follower is I'm submissive. Now, wives, here's how you practice this. Ephesians 5.22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, here's how you submit. Husbands, love your wives. Oh, that's easy, right? Just like, hey, honey, I love you. Ah, listen, there's a qualifier as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The husband's uh, love is to look like sacrifice. That's how I submit to my wife. I sacrifice my own desires, my own agenda to serve her desires and her agenda. That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her from by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we're members of the same body, his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, here's how you submit, or how you practice submission. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live a long life in the land. Fathers, Parents, here's how you submit. Do not provoke your children to anger. Don't don't get them to do what they want just because what you want just because you're the big person in the house. No, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of of the Lord. Now, folks, as we read that passage, and there's a lot to understand there. It's hard for me not to stop and want to hey, let's start let's unwrap some of this. But even without unwrapping it, when you read a passage like that, you are reading what God delights in. You're reading what his will is. So I can pray this passage for my marriage and home. I can pray it for my parents' marriage and home. I can pray it for my kids' marriage and home. Now, in my case, I've I've got four kids. Three of them are married. I can pray that for their marriage and homes but I can also pray that if my kids are not adults. Maybe my kids are, are four, seven, and, and nine. Yes, you can pray that. for You can pray that over the marriage that they'll have, over the home that they'll have. Hey, you can pray these verses if you don't have a marriage in a home yet. I can't think of a better way to shape your heart and mind around what God delights in in marriage, what God delights in in a home. Man, if I'm really in tune with that, how that's going to shape who I'm dating, how I'm building that dating relationship, what I'm looking for in a mate. So I've got all these ideas now. Again, I may not fully grasp everything the passage is teaching, but what did I see in the passage? I saw uh, that the husband and wife are one, love, submission, obedience. 
not not frustrating, not not angering. So I take those ideas that I and I begin to pray those in our family. Now, here's the challenge. The challenge is not to pray those in 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 a spirit of selfishness. What do, what do I mean by that? Well, I I could read those verses and think, you know, Lord, my home sure would be a lot better. I totally agree with you. If you could if you could get that wife of mine to submit, I know a lot would be better. Hey, Lord, if you get those kids to obey even once, you know, I, that is praying the scripture, <laughs> but it does kind of miss what was just taught there. Now, I said you don't have to fully understand everything, grasp everything, but remember, we're all being called to submission. Okay, these commands are not about me getting my way. These commands are about how I serve, how I submit to the needs and the lives of the people in my home. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you how these these verses could be prayed. Now, I could do that as a, uh, you know, I could show, hey, here's how a teenage girl would pray these verses. Here's how, here's how a, a single man could pray these verses. Here's how a grandparent. Here, But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you how a husband and a father, those are two roles I've spent a long time playing. I'm going to show you how a husband and a father could pray these verses and trust that you can decipher, you can kind of pull out how from your position, your role in the family, you would pray these. So I, I would start by saying, hey, Lord, I want to experience the oneness that you had in mind. I, I, I pray that my wife and I grow in unity, grow in oneness. Hey, Lord, would you help us exercise, find that unity, that oneness in this? And then you fill in the blank. You see, I take the prayer from just a general idea, hey, I want to be one with my mate, Lord, to a very specific issue. Uh, you know, we might be deciding if we're going to buy a car. We might be deciding where we're going to go on vacation. We might be struggling with how we're going to discipline, respond to an issue that's going on with with one of our children. Um, we might be making a job decision. And, and the key in these folks, and, and see, if I'm not praying the scriptures, I forget this, the key is to be one with my mate. I, I bet many of us who are married have experienced getting to a decision, you, you know, coming to an answer that we're now ready to execute, but we're divided. We're not in the same place. And that may solve a problem for a moment, but it doesn't help our marriage. The goal is oneness. And you know how I remember that? By constantly praying it and praying it over those specific things. And then I would go on and pray, hey, Lord, help me to uh, help me to love my wife like Christ loved the church. Help me to sacrifice for her, not just in a way I want and in a way I find easy for me, but help me to sacrifice for her in a way that actually serves her need, that, that meets something going on in her life. Lord, show me how I can do that, where I can do that this week, this day. Okay, we're being very specific. Lord, help me to to love her like Christ loved the church. Help me to sacrifice. And Lord, as I'm doing that, I pray my kids, I pray my kids learn what the love of Christ for the church is, what the love of Christ for them is by watching me love their mother. I, 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 I Lord, I, I pray that I, I make loving a, a beautiful thing. And Lord, I know you've called my wife to submit and submission's hard. It's always going to be hard to submit. Lord, I pray I don't make that harder than it needs to be. I, I pray I make that easier. 
Um, I pray I never make that an unbearable challenge for her. And Lord, may I realize that when my wife obeys you, when she submits, you're going to hold me accountable for what she submitted to. I pray I'm very sensitive that I'm going to be held accountable to how my wife ended up having to obey you. Help me to be careful with that, Lord. Father, I, I pray that kind of along the same lines as submission. I pray for my kids that you've called to obey me. Obedience, obeying can be hard. Uh, I, I pray I don't make that unnecessarily hard. And I pray I'm not using your command to obey just to get my way, just to get them out of my hair, just because I'm the big person in the house. Lord, I, pr- I pray I'm actually training and instructing. I pray I'm actually teaching them what what obedience is all about. And Lord, I pray they experience the blessing of obeying, the blessing of honoring me. So see, folks, what I do is I take that passage. Did, did you get an idea? That's just a starting point. I take that passage and I'm just praying those ideas over my kids. I'm praying how that relates to me with my kids, how that relates with me and my wife. And I'm praying for those things. And I and I'm going to so I pray for my family on Monday. In general, I'm going to pray all of those ideas every single Monday. Now I said this series is not about why or how, it's about what. But boy, what a why that what you know what? When God calls us to pray and to use his scripture to to, to pray what he delights in and what he will. Well, why? Boy, folks, think of what this does in my life. You know, I, I added this up, and, I, and I'm just kind of guessing here, but how many times in my life am I going to read Ephesians chapter 5, 21 to 6, 4? Um, you know, maybe, maybe I'm in church 30 or 40 years. I'm going to hear a pastor do a family series three or four times, so I hear it those three or four times. Maybe I'm in a life group, a Bible study, and I hear it there another three or four times. Um, let's say I do a, a read the Bible through the year plan and I do that three or four times in my life. So it takes me by Ephesians five, three, three or four times. I'm up to 12 now. And then let's say I just randomly, for whatever reason, there I am. I come across Ephesians five. Let, let's say I randomly, let's say we double that. We're now up to 24, 24 times in my life. I'm going to, I'm going to engage with, I'm going to interact with, what God delights, what God wills in my role in the home and for my family. Now, that's a lot of times, 25 in 30, 40, 50 years. But folks, what if I was praying those ideas every single week? Boy, think of how that now changes the dinner table conversations, the discipline, the decision making. Now, when I am praying for the big game, the big meeting, the recital, if these ideas become a weekly part of my heart and mind, when I look at my role in the home and my family's role in the home, that has to make a profound difference. So I take a passage like that and I pray for it generally throughout my family. You can also, as I said a moment ago, look up a very specific thing. I want to think just for a second here um, about about sex, something that has just, well, the world's always run away with it, but our culture is certainly out of control with this right now. And 
boy, if there's anything that needs to be a regular part of my heart and mind and my thinking, the what I pray for my family is God's delight, God's will on the whole area of sex and sexuality. So two passages, again, you would Google and you would come up with these. Um, Proverbs 5, 18 to 19. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. You see, I don't rejoice in my wife because she's rejoiceable. I, re- I rejoice in my wife because I chose to. There's a command here. If it's a command, that means I can choose to do that. I choose to rejoice in her. A lovely doe, a graceful deer, let her breast fill you at all times with delight. In other words, I choose to be delighted by my wife, not not somebody in a video, not somebody in pictures, not another person at work. You see, as I pray this, I think, okay, I've got to discipline my heart and my eyes so that I'm delighting in one person. I'm delighting in my wife and I'm putting up barriers and choosing not to delight in those other things. Listen to this one. I love this last phrase. Be intoxicated always in her love. God, I want to be intoxicated in my wife's love. You see how you just begin to pray those ideas? Now, here's another verse on on sex, but it's a very different idea. Hebrews 13, 4, let marriage be held in honor among all. Well, we don't hold marriage in honor at all in America. Not at all. Hold, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled. The marriage bed is to be a holy place, a sacred place for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. So see, I could, I've already kind of done it with Proverbs 5, but I could take these two passages and be praying, hey God, I, you know, I pray Karen and I, I pray my wife and I, I pray we experience what you had in mind when you give a man and a woman this in marriage. And, pray, and Lord, I pray I'm disciplined to focus on her and her alone, that there's loyalty, there's a devotion to her alone, because that's what your word shows me and calls for. Lord, I pray I pray we honor marriage and we value marriage. I pray my actions towards my wife, the way I treat her, the way I talk about marriage with friends, with, with, with others. Lord, I pray everybody, my kids, my fellow church members, I pray they can see not just that I value my mate, but I value marriage. I value the institution of marriage and that's exercised in how I value my mate. You see how all that becomes a prayer? And it really begins to shape. And here again, it's not a verse I run by every now and then and think about it. Now those are verses, those are God's delights, God's will that I'm thinking about weekly that I'm praying. And I do, when I look at how abusive and messed up sex and sexuality is in our world, I wanna take these ideas and pray them over my kids, their mates, our marriage on a very regular basis. So look, what what I've done is I've shown you, you can go to a family verse in general and you pull the ideas out, pray it over yourself and your family. You can go to a specific aspect of marriage, learn what you can, pull out what you can and begin to pray that. And, and, and that becomes a part of your daily, a part of your weekly, monthly. It shouldn't be a much less than monthly. I, I would aim for a weekly. These are ideas that I'm going to pray over every single week for our, uh, my marriage and, and our home. So that is, remember I said earlier, there's two ways to kind of build a, a way of praying for your family. One is those family verses. And then others is just 
verses that don't have anything to do with family, but you want to pray them over your family. So I do a Bible reading plan. Uh, I, I read through the whole Bible a year, and I've done that for, gosh, probably close to 30 years now. But anyway, uh, it's the beginning of the year, so where am I? I'm in Genesis. And so I think it was two Mondays ago, I was in Genesis 5. Now, Monday is my day for praying about my immediate family. And so I'm all, my heart and mind's already thinking, my wife, my kids. And I'm doing my Bible reading first. And I come to Genesis 5, verse uh, tw- 21 and following. And this is a funny chapter. This is one of these chapters we don't actually read because it's a person whose name we can't pronounce begatting another person whose name we can't pronounce and living for just a whole bunch of years that we don't live today. And so I, I you know, you read a few of these and think, okay, there's, there's nothing in this chapter I, I, I need. Ah, but then I get to verse 21. Listen to this. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. So we just learned a little bit of uh, Bible trivia there. Enoch is, is one of only two people who never died. He was just assumed straight up into heaven. But that phrase there, Enoch walked with God, uh, The idea behind that is that he lived in close fellowship with God. You know, as I read that, I said to myself, man, Lord, if there was, if I was going to be described in only two or three sentences, boy, I prayed I'd be described like Enoch, that I lived in close fellowship with God. And I, and then I began to pray, well, Lord, I I pray Karen, I pray her life would be described as living in close fellowship with God. I, I prayed for my kids that their lives, and then I started thinking, you know, that's a neat idea to pray, but, but what enables a person to live in close fellowship with God? Well, time in, time in the Bible, time in prayer, repenting of sin, walking in an obedience. So now I'm praying those things in my life, in the life of my wife, in the life of my, my kids. Now, see, I can take an idea like that and just pray it that Monday. And, and move on. I might say, you know, I really like this idea. I want to pray over this um, for the rest of this month. You know, every Monday in January, I'm going to pray about this. Or, you know, I'm going to pray this the rest of the, the year. So you see, I've got those family verses I'm praying. And then maybe an idea like this that I'm praying. And you know, now think about, I pull this idea out and I've still got to pray about the meeting, the game, and the test. Hey, hey, Lord, as they prepare for that, as they stress over that, Lord, I pray it pulls them into close fellowship with you. I pray, I pray the challenges, the difficulties, the opportunities in their life make them want you even more than answers. And I pray they want to grow close to you in those things. I pray they want to do the best they can for you in those things. You, you, you see now how all of a sudden these things I've always been praying for, but because I'm using scripture, how that just kind of elevates our whole understanding. And now all of a sudden, every problem, every opportunity, every decision, hey man, that's an opportunity to think about what God does in. That's an opportunity to think about God's will and then pray that into my life, into my marriage, into my parenting, into my grandparenting, into into my parents' lives. Boy, folks, that's going to make a profound difference in life. 
that's a guarantee and a promise because that's what God said. Now, next week, I'm going to change it up. I'm not just going to take one passage and, and kind of show a prayer through it, but we're actually going to look at seven. I can't make seven. There we go. We're going to look at seven things that we want to pray into our individual life. Seven things we want to pray. Now, an individual is me. That's the one I'm thinking about, but my mate's an individual. My co-worker's an individual. My enemy is an individual. Hey, what? When Jesus says, pray for your enemy as you would yourself, love your enemy as you would yourself, you know, I can just very generally pray, hey, Lord, bless my enemy, but I don't say, hey, Lord, just bless me. I pray very specific things. What if I was to pray these seven things for my enemy? This could be really profound. So I'll, I'll see you next week as we come to pray, as we come to learn to pray, what would God pray for ourselves? Let's pray now. Heavenly Father, I thank you that I don't have to hunt and find and, and work through some code or mystery to know what you delight in, to know what your will is. You have given me that in your word. Lord, I pray I'm disciplined to use your word, study it, read it, love it, pray from it. Father, I, I, I pray that I am faithful with that. Lord, I also want to just take a moment here as we close in prayer. I know this prayer at this very moment joins tens of thousands of other prayers as we are in a season of prayer at the heights. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. I pray they're filled with praise and gratitude. I pray they're filled with genuine confession. Lord, I pray we're thinking anew and afresh about what we want to see happen in our lives and others' lives. And instead of just thinking about what we want, Lord, we're thinking about what you delight in and what your will is. And that God, today, throughout this series, we're going to learn to pray your will into all of these areas of our lives. Lord, we love you and praise you. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Lord, I pray we talk about it the rest of the year. In Jesus' name, amen.